Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by The Real Flower Company. For all of your luxury flower needs. It's the Pompey Pubcast that combines the beers and the blues. Barros for Pompey, round Kushak goes down, penalty to Portsmouth and Old Trafford. Barros tripped by Thomas Kushak, who sent off Montari do the job. He steps up, left-footed, scores for Pompey. They lead at Old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Jamal Lowe's onside, the flag's deep down, Jamal Lowe, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Portsmouth Football Club are promoted to League One. Curtis across the face of goal. Marquez! Marquez! He's won it! 96 minutes on the clock. Portsmouth are heading back to Wembley. This is Three Lads in the Pub. Episode 16 of Three Lads in the Pub. We're off. We're at the Shepherd's Crook this evening. After a busy week for Pompey, two games in a week, Tuesday and Saturday. Joining me uh, as ever, Jeff Harris to my left. Hi, Jeff. Hello, mate. You all right? Not bad. How are you? Yeah, good. A bit cold today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Ryan's still out to my right as well. Good evening, Ryan. Good evening, gents. Good to see you again. Yes, indeed. Right. Um, let's get the beer out of the way. I have actually... Jeff, you go first. Yeah, I've gone for my uh, staple uh, beer whilst in the Shepherd's Crook off of Madry. Mr. Stilwell? I think I'm settling into my groove with Nuki Brown. I think a lot of people I know are, I enjoy a bottle of Nuki Brown, a good bitter, a good stout. Yeah, trustworthy. Um, now, when I got here, our good friend Lindsay, we know, was um, rinsing me straight away from previous, previous episodes, um, saying, oh, here he goes, get his fruity cider. No. You are very wrong. Well, I almost did, but didn't have it on tap. <laughs> However, I have chosen to go for, uh, go for what is it, a Madri? Uh, it's quite nice, Jeff, I have to say. Um, it's better than the pond water you gave me the other day. 
Um, I'm really hey, pressed. still going on about <laughs> it. Still, yeah, just won't let it go, will he? No, but the, the point I'm trying to make, boys, are you proud of me? Look, I'm, I know we're already 15 weeks in, but I've finally got Liam something Liam is different. drinking a lager. Thank you. After 15 weeks, whatever next. What a brave new world we live in. I think in. my daughter was drinking lager after 15 weeks of existence, <laughs> let alone Liam's 15 weeks of the podcast. But it's progress, boys. Come on, I could be sat here drinking Diet Coke, which I did on the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, we'll, we'll move on from that look um, good good beers good choices um, right so let's uh, first on the agenda let's talk about Tuesday night um, looked like a good away day that Ryan yeah for away again uh, drove up this time the, the pitch was in a similar state of poor condition it looked worse it did look worse fortunately the ref decided that calling a game off for uh, for almost nothing was childish so we did get to see a game of association football and Pompey saw it out straight away absolutely no frills whatsoever we got into the Belarusian bomb shelter that is the away (laughs) section the ice cream van stand at crew and within three minutes there are there are people jumping all over each other I didn't I didn't think anyone going up to that uh, game that night would have expected Connor Ogilvie and George Hurst to be the destroyer of worlds but the fact they teamed up for two goals and well a, a goal from a well, two goals from set up from Ogilvy headed in by Hurst Ogilvy was magnificent that night he threw himself in front of every shot he was getting up and down the flank he controlled it really well Hurst led the line I know it's crew in their bottom of the table but he led the line alone again to a, a great degree with Walker sort of ghosting around it was good to see Walker on the score sheet this doesn't change anything for me about Walker I know people are going where, where are his haters now well ultimately that's still one goal in nine starts for Walker and that's still not the record he was brought in to achieve he needs to contribute more so for people saying where, where are the haters we're not hating on him we're simply saying what he needs to do and what he's falling short of However, I'm delighted to see him on the score sheet. He's a Pompey player, and I want all of our players to do well. And he'd missed he'd missed a sitter a few moments before, and a few people remarked that it's getting tough to watch. So to see Walker on the score sheet, great relief to him. He bolted over to the away fans, celebrated. There was a relief there. Everyone was happy about it. So that, that was a really nice moment. The only thing I'd say that was odd was a few fans remarked in the second half, we lost control of the game. I would say gave control away is more the appropriate term. Let's be honest, in the first half, crew were lifeless. They kept turning the ball over deep because they like to play out from the back and they're simply not good enough to do so anymore because they got assets stripped last summer. All their good players went. They've been left with utter tat in terms of building out from the back. We turned the ball over on halfway every time, raced into a 2-0 lead. The second half, with Ipswich on the horizon coming Saturday... We were absolutely right to give control of the game away. You don't need to press on the edge of their own box when you're 2-0 up to the bottom side in the league who've created nothing in the entire first half. Giving control of the game away and letting it peter out, yes, maybe you don't get to see 90 minutes of raucous open football, but we, we went there and did the job we needed to in the first half. And may I remind you, we still went in, into a 3-0 lead. So it's not as if we didn't have presence in the second half because we we still scored in the end they had one corner that their defender hit the bar from two yards out and the goal they score in stoppage time well, come on Baz you know that, that that's 
you've got to be stopping that. I, I know you didn't have anything to do all evening, but you've got to be stopping that. But I thought, crew, I didn't mind that we gave control away. We were we were looking forward, and we'd already completed the job that night. So for me, that was a, a well-executed job at crew. We got it done early. Pretty much everyone had an above-average game. The only person I'd say below is Bazuni for that reason. He only had one thing to do, and he didn't do it. Outside of that, a, a job well done. And yeah, it was it was a fun night in crew. It was a good little atmosphere in that away section. Yep. Right, well summed up by the Viking. Jeff, good for her, Steve. Two goals. Yeah. I mean, your, has your opinion on him changed now? I think you admitted it online. I, I, I have put online that uh, my, my opinion of him has changed. Do I think he could do better? Yes. I, I think all of them could do better. Every single player out there. Um can we do we need to see more from him I think we do we need to see more consistency but he's in a rich you know vein of form at the moment the tough tests are you know when we're playing those teams in the top six or or certainly the, the, the top top eight he's got to do that on a consistent basis he's a threat you know when he when he when he turns and he's running at, at defenders, they don't like it because he's big, he's powerful, he's fast. And you, you can never, you always say, you can't coach defending against pace. You can't. You've either got pace or you haven't. So you've either got to kind of give him two or three yards head start and try and read it, or you've got to get touch tight to him. And that's where, that's where he causes problems for defenders. When defenders go tight to him, he's able to use his uh, physique and turn the defender and and then they're like two yards behind him when he gets going he's he's unstoppable he really is and we saw that against crew we didn't see a lot of, of that against Ipswich but against crew I just thought against a very weak defense at crew he just caused them no end of problems he he poached against the side that looked bereft of confidence and inspiration for both of the goals when Ogilvy puts the ball in you can actually because the the way the camera angle is you can actually see him make the run into the box as the ball's delivered before each of the two defenders he beats for each goal he arrives ahead of the, each defender he arrives with more conviction each defender for each goal is sort of shoulder turned away from the ball not really wanting to engage at the point of contact whereas Hurst is arriving there his body is essentially 45 degree angle between the ball and the frame of the goal ready to attack it ready to get his head on it yes we're still talking about essentially the worst team in the league but you can only beat what's in front of you exactly. and I didn't hear people complaining about Hurst when we went and beat Oxford who by the way are not the worst team in the league I've, I've forgotten who, who it was against he had that it may have been the Oxford game where he had that header on a six yard box and, and he's put it wide similar scenario to Tuesday night but in that Oxford game he's up against defenders who are full of confidence and are physical they're, you know, they're big physical defenders and, and as Ryan rightly says there doing that against a, a, a defence who are low on confidence they're not physical they're, they're quite poor in the air so it, it was like a playground for Hurst yeah. it really was Well, I said last week on the podcast I wasn't fully I wasn't fully sold on whether Hurst is a good player or just a player in good form and I wanted he's obviously got you know a few games left to prove 
well, not to me really I don't make the decisions but to prove one or the other I think Crew went some way towards proving that he is a good player again you beat what's in front of you Oxford I'm not sure we really got the chance to see Hurst do much we clearly went there for a point we'll talk about that in a moment but we still have 10 games to go and Hurst still has time against some very good sides coming up to prove his worth in the division and, and that's where that's where we're going to see the metal of him you know if he can do it against those top six sides and he can deliver it consistently I think that's where that's where we'll see if he's a good player or not that's yeah. eight goals now in the league for him and I mean and yet, considering yet five weeks ago we were saying it, yeah. you know we, we're struggling to see where that eight to ten fifteen goal strikers coming fair from fair to say you could say he's a confidence player because I, the thing is that I think confidence applies more when you are just a goal scorer like Tyler Walker, like John Marquis. Other elements of George Hurst's players kept him in the starting eleven while he's not been scoring the goals. But I do think confidence, you're right, Liam, is is helped that particular element of his game. You do have players are instinctive, and you can tell when a player has lost his instinct and he's lost his edge. We saw it with the back end of Marx's uh, time at Pompey in in this first half of the season where he's not making the instinctive runs you'd expect a goal scorer to make he's not getting ahead of defenders he's not anticipating the ball to come into the box but against crew you do see Hurst getting ahead of defenders arriving on the scene rather than going shit 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 I'm playing catch up he arrives at the exact moment he needs to be that's what instinctive players are about so I don't think overall Hurst's confidence has been knocked because he has had other elements to his game certainly the goal scoring element is picked up and the only team that benefits right now whether or not he stays next year the only team that benefits right now is us in terms of I, whatever remains in this season I do think it's there is an element of Conor Ogilvy playing left wing back as well his delivery for those goals oh, were, were top draw the you, set, know, you the, know even Joe Morrell could have risen above the, the tower in centre half and headed those those balls in he, they were that good yeah and, and you know yes Hurst has done the hard part by putting it in the back of the net but the deliveries for me, because they were so good, that's what's made the goal. On a plate. I think for the third goal, so Hurst's second, it's Ogilvy's shot that's saved by the keeper. It comes back out to Ogilvy. He's facing back to goal. He's got a defender pushing him out to the touchline. He still finds a way back to goal to spin the defender out, get to the byline and still put the cross in. So you're not just talking about a good delivery. You're on about a guy who's back to goal, player behind him, who still manages to drive to the byline and get the ball in. Ogilvy, when Ogilvy arrived, I expected him just to be a solid 6 out of 10, 7 out of, defend, uh, seven out of 10 defender every week. Because whenever I've watched him at Shrewsbury, he, is, he was an old-fashioned fullback. He's good at defending, but he won't supplement moves going forward. Potentially, that's because he was operating under Steve Evans, and that's why Steve Evans wants his players to play. I didn't expect competent forward play from him, but he is starting to show that. Even There are even flashes of the way he brought the ball forward against Ipswich. So if we're discovering more facets of Ogilvy's play that were left unmined, if you will, at Gillingham, I'm all for it because we've already we've already seen what a good defender he is. He's already partnered up well with Raggett and Central Defence. He's now proving to be a, a, a good wing back option as well. If our wing backs going into next year are Ogilvy and Hume, well, that's that position locked down. That's a really good group for next year. Yeah, for for me, Conor Ogilvy, it, he, he's up there for player of the season. He goes around his business 
and uh, uncompromising, you know, just gets on and does the job. There's yeah. no frills about it. But it, it, like Ryan says, he 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 turns those those average performances into very assured performances. And I think the rest of the team build build from that as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he was. I see, I see what you mean. He's I think definitely he's one of the contender. contenders. Don't get me wrong. I think we I all know. We win all it. know who he is, but. Yeah. Yeah, he's, sure, he's just yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no. Brain uh, how here. many how many games is uh, you know on my on my, on a ranking scale of ten? If you say six is the good side of average and five's the bad side of average, how many games of five five and below is Ragged had all season? You can genuinely do it on one hand if you're missing a couple of fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Southampton fans be buzzing. Right, uh, that's <laughs> crew. <laughs> crew. Um, Settled. Uh, Ipswich, obviously yesterday, nil-nil draw. So a win and a draw in the week. And that's eight unbeaten now. Eight unbeaten, yes. yes. Six wins from the eight. Yeah, three so, yeah. in Ipswich, the draws. There you go. Um, I didn't really catch much of the game. I've caught up now, Jeff. Uh, it, was a, it was a busy day for me yesterday. Um, but I would have taken, I know it's hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. But I would have taken a draw. I think you predicted a draw, didn't you? Yeah, out of all, my, all the games I've predicted so far, the only one I've got wrong was the Oxford game where I said I thought we'd draw. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because if, if they all stayed there or thereabouts in my predictions, we're going to miss out on the playoffs. However, um, yeah, a, a, a draw at Ipswich is, is a good result. Um, having said that, yes, I was a bit knocked off by the Ipswich commentary team yesterday saying Pompey would be happy with a nil draw. They're, you know, they're, they're this, they're that. Um, we 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 have we pose no threat, and I thought, hold on a minute, this is an Ipswich team that are only two points ahead of us and played two more games. This is two mid-table teams playing out an average game of football on a Saturday afternoon. It's kind of like last game of the season, nothing to play for. It, you know, there were <sighs> both teams huffed and puffed. Um. But yeah, there was no in in any run of games. And Ryan talked about this the other week. About you know we need to go on a, a run of all runs to make the playoffs. In any run of games, you're going to have a blip. Now I'd rather play poorly or below average and draw nil nil, than play brilliantly and lose one nil in the in the ninety first minute, um, conceding a late goal or whatever, and go we should have drawn that at least. I think yesterday's game was a true reflection of, you know, 65 minutes, you sat there and going, this is nil-nil. This is going to end nil-nil. There was, at 65 minutes, I didn't think someone's going to go on a 30-yard run or, and nestle it in the, in the top left corner. Even when, you know, Thompson lost his head for Ipswich. And Ryan's going to talk about this in a minute, but... but, but Trust me, that features later in the episode. Uh, uh, so, uh, the then. so, I thought maybe that would be the catalyst to G the player. It was really, you know, what I loved was that Danny Cowley was getting stuck in. Ronan Curtis was there straight away. Ronan Curtis is in the first, And he, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe this will now put some impetus in that Pompey team to go do you know what we're going to stick it to you now we're going to go up there score one you're going to come at us we're going to score two and but the exact opposite happened but yeah and it, it just fizzled out it's, it's, it, it was like a, waiting for a firework to go off and it just goes yeah, it, it sort of <laughs> slips out the grass and yeah 
Yeah. Or you yeah. try and squeeze a really good fart out and yeah. it's disappointing. <laughs> and you end up pooing. <laughs> I think for me yesterday, all of us would agree that it's an acceptable point, but there's an asterisk next to it. And the asterisk is, you've got to go and beat Plymouth. Now, I, I'm hoping that we're all fully conscious of this, because if you're accepting a point at a side that isn't in the playoffs, you're now understanding and reconciling with the idea that you now need to travel to home park on a Tuesday and beat what is a playoff side. Yeah. And then, you oh, oh it doesn't get in any easier after that, because what have you got three days, four days later? Wickham. Wickham notorious shithouses. And, so, and this is why I've got the next two games down as losses. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, I... I had a draw Saturday because Ipswich have conceded one and eight. They're greedy ball hogs. But if you take our back five defensively, that back three pair, that central back three pairing, I is there a better aerial group in the division? But outside of Carter, Raggett, and Clark Robertson. Oh, by the way, we've got Connor Ogilvy protecting one of the flanks as well. It's it's a really good defensive group. And I know people are going, oh, you've left out Marlon Romeo. He has elements of good defensive work, but he's clearly in that wing-back spot to, for another reason. People who watched the game in full yesterday would have noticed Marlon operated much higher at every point of contact than Ogilvy. Ogilvy was a good 10, 20 yards deeper at almost every phase of play. A, because he was dealing with Wes Burns. It was a player I really like watching. Wes Burns is great with the football. It was a good battle between them two. But Mar- Marlon is there for a different purpose than Ogilvy. Ipswich did the same. Thompson, so much deeper than Wes Burns on the right-hand side. I don't mind having your wing-backs with different roles. But for us, the conversation goes back to last week where we, where we asked each other, are we buying into the playoff run now? And I was the only one who said, I, I can't do it, I can't fully get behind this team yet because we're a streaky side and I need to see what we do against someone who isn't Oxford yesterday did not help me with that and I, I didn't walk away from Portman Road disappointed yesterday because I saw a lot of defensive graft we defended really well my problem is in a race to be in the playoff race we played half a game and in the second half to Jeff's point of the of the scrap of players getting in amongst it of the fire in the belly that Jeff talks about that was in the same half we didn't have a shot on target now people are asking me to buy into a playoff push but we're up against a team that isn't in the playoffs and we haven't had a shot on target in the second half and they had they ended the game laying siege to us I need to see something it feels weird sex. We are eight unbeaten, and, and I don't take away from that at all because we've been very good in this run. But again, good teams beat good teams to get out of divisions or win big prizes. I didn't see enough against Ipswich to convince me that we're going to the top six. I didn't see enough to say that we can match it. Now, I'm going to Home Park Tuesday to see us take on Plymouth. Now I get a really good look at what is an actual playoff side currently against the side that wants to be there. And if we walk away from home park with anything other than three points, I get I, I shrug my shoulders and I'll still be going, I don't see how I'm supposed to buy into a playoff push here. Because that was yesterday was our thirteenth game of the season against a side above us. We've won two. Wickham away in November and Oxford at home in February. We've 
drawn and lost the rest of them. Yeah, good teams you beat you good can't teams. Sunderland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, my bad. Free. Yeah, so free. Free out of thirteen. Now, realistically, I would say as a general rule, if you want to get out of division, let's say top six sides, you want to top six sides. You play ten games because you'd be one of that top six. You got to win half of them. We're a long way. We're a long way off winning half our games out of a thirteen-game stretch. That's six or seven. We're, we're we're at three. It's not enough. As good as it is at the moment, and I know I was sort of like getting a bit excited last week, and I sort of agreed that we might make it into the playoffs. I don't. Still, don't think we're ready, and I. St- I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm sort of on the same wavelength as you, Ryan. I can't see it happening, and even if we do. I don't think we're ready. Yeah, we've never won a playoff game, but would you see us beating no. MK Dons over two legs? No, no, not at all. Because we're, in the two games we've played them, we have been outclassed at every turn. On and off the pitch, we are not ready. No. And look, this isn't us. Before someone goes, oh, here they go, they're right <laughs> off the playoffs. But how often have each of us talked about the, the potential for next season? I, Considering that I wrote this season off long ago, I'm okay with writing off the playoffs now because I know the potential for next season if anything I'm looking to the future and I'm actually feeling okay about the on-field potential of this team so this isn't me trying to be you know grey clouds overhead I'm saying there's a grey cloud now but from August it could be sunshine the whole way through that's what I'm looking forward to but for now based on yesterday I don't see where a top six side is in that team yeah. I don't see it don't get me wrong I'd love to see it and I mean what an achievement it would be from the way we started well started off right then it just went to shit Jeff didn't it if we can turn it around and scrape the playoffs I'll be chuffed I'll be chuffed yeah, a bit yeah you but know, I, I tongue in cheek last week said I, I was all in so you're all backtracking but, you know, now look <laughs> no 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not back, backtracking I at stood all. my ground yeah, no. <laughs> you asked us at the beginning of the, the first episode I said eight. I've maintained eight four all the way through apart from last week you know ton and cheek comment yeah fuck it I'm all in you know <laughs> we're, we're going to get the six spot but I I, I don't know I, I, I've just got this feeling something is there and I said the next three last week I said the next three games are going to be pivotal now we've drawn against Ipswich we are going to have to win either against Plymouth or Wickham now one of those go, uh, games is, is away and one's at home you know, for us to beat Wickham, the team's going to be at it, has, has to be at it, and so do the fans. The fans need to play their part against that Wickham game. If we if we are to stand any chance of getting six spot, we need to beat either Plymouth or Wickham. And someone else. Because if you look at the final ten games remaining, well, obviously they're, they're two of them, but you look at... Other, I've, I've got we're not down. going to get to the playoffs by just beating Gillingham. No. And I, I, I've got Lincoln. Down. We, yeah, I've, I, well, I've got Bolton as a draw, lost to Rotherham, a win against Cheltenham, Lincoln, Walkham, and Gillingham. That's four on the bounce, and then I got a loss to Wigan, and then, it, like I said last week, it will go down to that Sheffield Wednesday game. I yeah. honestly believe if if those results, if we can, uh, don't get me wrong. I said I've got us down as a, uh, uh, to losing to to Plymouth and Wickham. But if we can pick up a win against them and, and those other results come in, we need four other wins, maybe five after that. It will go down to that Sheffield Wednesday game at Hillsborough. 
Yeah, and there is certainly potential for us to be in the fight late April. Now, the thing is, you could still we could still finish like eleventh because there are we sides. Could. There are sides fighting like there's Sheffield Wednesday in the mix. There's Ipswich in the mix. There's Bolton in the mix. There's yeah, there, there are promising sides, average to decent promising sides that are fighting alongside us. What's notable for me is that the same day we go to Bolton later in March. Ipswich and Plymouth play each other. You know, th- these types of games are evolving all around each other. We are not going to make the playoffs alone by beating Morecambe, Gillingham and, and Lincoln. That's not going to be enough. We are going... The, the road to the playoffs goes through Home Park or it goes through Hillsborough or it goes through beating Rotherham or Wickham, uh, Wigan on a Tuesday night at Fratton Park. If you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. You know, and for Ipswich, for all their fans on Twitter saying we're miles better than you, were you? Because again, good teams find a way uh, to win that game. I think Oxford the- found a way to beat us. Two worldies, so it was. They found a way, and down down a man, they found a way. Ipswich did not fi- find a way, and I know they'll go. Well, we had a perfectly good goal disallowed for offside. The linesman's given it because one of your players was offside. Yes, he didn't touch the ball. But your player being two yards offside from a free kick, you force the official to make a decision. Next time, have you played? You know, he is so far offside, Wolfenden, that the moment that ball comes into the box, the, the linesman, is, his arms are essentially twitching, going, fucking it, he's a mile offside. I saw it from the moment uh, the free kick was taken. Uh, I, I stood there as the ball went in and went, what, I don't know what you lot are celebrating. He, he flagged ages ago. But for all of the 500 passes that Ipswich put together, three shots on target. They only had one shot on target more than us the entire game. Were you that good? What is the point of pass, 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 undefined nebulous stuff in the box, nothing else? There was a part in the second half where I know Caden Jackson went off injured. There was a part in the second half where the ball would go out to Wes Burns. There is not a single forward pushing on the back three. Uh, there was a part where Ipswich are laying siege to us but there isn't a single player pushing the back line okay cool well I know you're going to go back to your centre back in a minute then you'll rotate the other side of the field then you're going to rotate back again but there's not a single Ipswich player looking to get behind the second half and put pressure on Racket. Racket looked bored for part of that second half it's all well and good putting all these passes together but apart from crosses deep crosses into the back post and the odd set piece Ipswich weren't exactly laying siege to the goal. Gavin Bazzuni wasn't clawing shots out the top corner all afternoon. Quantity of the ball is not the same as quality of the ball. Yeah. You're well, going to... Uh, there's going to be it. Go on. I- Ipswich tractor drivers are uh, nothing like Ukrainian <laughs> tractor drivers. <laughs> Jesus. Um, there's going to be a TikTok video made about you now, Ryan, saying, dance if you rattled the Pompey p- uh, podcast. <laughs> What was that all about? Right. That horrendous uh, I know. Stuff. We've sort of touched on Plymouth and Wickham. We'll come back to that in a bit. We'll preview them two games coming up. Uh, we've kind of gone over the run-in. Uh, but let's talk about something that we completely all, all of us missed it last week. And a few people have mentioned, oh, why didn't you talk about that? The Eric Eisler interview. I mean, if I'm honest, it's probably my fault because I sort of, you know, run the agenda and ask the questions to the lads and sort of stick my oar in every now and then. But I completely forgot about it. So sorry about that. Jeff, you've had a listen to it. I'll come back to you in a second. Uh, Jeff, actually, now I'll come to you. What, I, what are your thoughts on what Eric said? I don't think 
there was anything in it that either Eric or the club have said before. Um, there's nothing really... The, the only... I know Ryan's got a couple of points. The only point I could really pick out from that that wasn't, you know, had been said before was when Eric was questioned and said, do you expect results now? And he said, yes. Now, you can take that two ways. You can either say, we expect you to be at least hitting the playoffs or, you know, or it's a kind of, we expect you in this, and I'm going to say the transitional word, transition season to at least be challenging up there. Now, at the moment, the Cowleys are doing that. We are challenging. Yes, we're only a few points off. Um, but, yeah, there was nothing groundbreaking in it. There was nothing that was... that we've never heard before in the last, say, five, six, maybe eight weeks. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was... It was. Don't get me wrong, it's good to hear from Eric. Just about to say, um, good to hear from him, but... It, yeah. You know... We, we do know there is a different philosophy in America from hearing from the owners and, and we like to hear from the owners and it's good to, good to hear he's, he's going to come over to the UK um, and catch up with, with, with some Pompey games and that. But yeah, it was just a run-of-the-mill kind of Q&A session, I thought. Yeah, Ryan? Yeah, listening back to it, I don't think the entire 15-minute clip that went out is too audacious in terms of groundbreaking news for me it's for me it's the odd one-liner that stands out as as more that you can deep dive into and obviously there there is a risk associated with deep diving into one lines because you can you can overanalyze it but the things i would look at is eric say johnny asked the question where do you expect pompey to be in two three years and eric says i expect us to be playing championship football now we've we've heard before that Cowley could and should be given three windows to perfect his side. This summer represents the third window. After that, the squad building should end to these uh, to the point that Cowley has built his side to what Eric is essentially now confirmed as getting us to the championship. For me, that confirms that the hierarchy at this club expect Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley to take this football club to the championship no uncertain terms because he said and he used the word expect I expect us to be in the championship so that's as clear as confirming Danny after this summer your job is to take Portsmouth Football Club to the championship no quarter shall be given now this is quite an interesting twist on five years ago at the Guild Tour they ne- never give any timelines on when stuff would be done on when we could expect this that or the other all it was was vague statements about investment and the future and the process and the vision but Eric's now answered Johnny's question of where do you expect Pompey to be in two three years the championship so all Pompey fans I'd, I'd say keep the receipts on that one fair enough the next element was uh, a he line stopped yeah. I know, I thought we were going to get... Uh, the next element was about the academy. Now, as I said last week, there are so many elements of the club, or it might have been two weeks ago, there are so many elements of the club that need investment right now because through a various series of people, we've been told that the playing squad's not good enough, the stadium's not good enough, the training ground's not good enough, the academy's not good enough. We're now stuck in a position where every single part of the club needs funding. In which order do you do it? 
Now, Eric's comment was that we are not in a position to compete with the academies around us right now. Okay. Firstly, when? Because we were promised Britney's and Justin's at the Guildhall. We were. Secondly, maybe one more time. <laughs> secondly, Cullen came out recently and advised on the new transfer policy, looking into young players to develop them, preferably below 23. Now, some players even below that. Liam Vincent clearly wasn't designed to be a starter. He's an 18-year-old we plugged in to develop. Okay, so if our academy's shortfalling at the moment, we can't compete with those around us, what are we trying to do to circumvent that? Now, if you can't directly compete with the other academies in terms of investment, in terms of facilities, in terms of the quality of player coming through the door early, what are you doing as an alternative? How is this club going to develop the academy in the meantime, in non-conventional ways, to do what it says it can't do conventionally compared to the others? And that's where I feel we lack clarity. Again, there are, there are buzzwords like culture, standard, investment. Where? What? How? The, the fine-tuned points of Pompey fans are taking their kids to other academies because ours isn't good enough. Now, if you're going to tell us that we're not able to compete with the others, what are you going to do in the here and now? Because the future... I, I'm fine with the future being the future, but every minute now you can use to prepare for the future. Every minute that you're not preparing for the future is a minute you've lost. So what are we doing now to compete in the future? That's where that question wasn't answered for me. And then he sort of weirdly detoured off into, yes, but we've bought a training ground. Yes, we have, but that's in the past. As a, as a football club stuck in the third tier of English football, we shouldn't be looking in the past anymore. We, we did buy a training ground. Yes, we own it for the first time in our history. Yes, good stuff. But that's old news. We have to be looking forward constantly finding new innovative ways to progress if we're looking back on previous successes and clapping ourselves on the back for it you've just lost another minute preparing for the future because you, you, you're congratulating yourself about old news and also what to do about the training ground right now the facilities and the pitches aren't up to standard which are pretty much the only two elements of a training ground I walked past I drove past Collingwood this morning I'll do my weekly shop you've got Pompey age groups playing there now, Fareham, Stubbington, to some Pompey fans, not by my, my, my own standards, but apparently that sort of area is um, a, a, a no-man's land between Portsmouth and Southampton. We've got to be bringing these age groups on the island into one localised Pompey centre of excellence that we can develop these players and keep a close eye on them. Training in Fareham, playing in Fareham, isn't what we were supposed to be doing five years into this thing. It's all well and good talking about the academy and having a training ground. Right now, we aren't utilising the training ground to its maximum potential. And again, that's where the question comes in. What are you doing about it? I know they've talked about fixing the sauna, fixing the pool, fixing the, the in-house facilities. But Danny Cowley, in what was a relatively dry winter for us, said our training pitches are underwater. What water? It didn't bloody rain for a month. I reckon the crew grounds would have been taking the piss. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the little things for me that stand out. Yeah. You've got to be constantly looking to the future of this football club. But we've looked... We, you know, when, we, when it comes to the academy, we went, yeah, but look what we did in the past. Well, that doesn't matter anymore, does it? 
To those that asked the question, why don't we talk about the Eric interview? I bet you weren't respecting them uh, answers from Mr. Stillwell, were you? No, you were not. But absolutely nailed on. There's no response from me, Jeff. Don't know about you. How about you? Uh, it's... <laughs> He's done his homework. <laughs> He's thought about it. You know, we've, we've spoken about the training pitches of the academy at great length in, in other podcasts. So, like I said, it, it's Eric's interview. It's great to hear from him. But there was nothing really in there. Yeah. I'm going to make a point about, um, you know, he said about expecting us in two or three years to be in the championship. And I heard is it, uh, Dean, you know, Dean from the um, hospital radio talking on, on, on the radio. And he made a good point about the fact that we were told give Cowley three windows. We're coming into the third one. But you look at our starting 11, half of them. More than likely, won't be here. We're going to be we're going to, we're going to be seeing between eight and ten probably new players in the summer. Yeah, and Eric so, alluded to that. Eric, you know, Eric did say everyone's been saying judge the Cowleys on three windows. And we're essentially said, starting again in summer. We are, but so how how was that progress? It's I think if at, there's he, a good way to quantify this. But he did this. say he did it, say he did say that it's going to take three windows to get the spine of the team. I think there's a good way to quantify this is to go through every senior player who is a permanent player at the club and ask the question are they part of next year's team now that may be an exercise we can do for next week yeah but yeah, we'll do that next week yeah so you go for every senior player that's contracted or why don't we do a poll a poll yeah you know is this player in your is this permanent Pompey player in your plans for next season we love a poll don't we or three including the those that are out of contract this summer because obviously Sean Raggett is out of contract this summer he has an option yeah, you, but that you, option involves being promoted so right. we are going that's to next have week to sorted. offer a new deal so I think that's a useful exercise considering we are approaching the end of the season yeah. and between that time we play Plymouth and Wickham we might know a lot more about our playoff fate by the next podcast yeah. we'll come and 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 I'm, I'm just putting it out there. If if our season is effectively over, say, within the next four games, do you actually go, do you know what? We're going to play the likes of Jurit White. We're going to play the likes of Liam Vincent, Jay Mingy, and now develop those players. Develop those players ready for next season. Good point. Yeah. I, I think to the point, if we dropped to 10 points away from the playoffs, you know, to the point where realistically it is gone, I want to see Harry Jewett White starting a League exactly. One game. Starting. I, I think, I mean, we, we could go into a whole new debate here, but I, I would have liked to see him come on a few times recently when, for example, we're 4-0 up. He should have come on there. You know, but who are we to judge? Um, okay, uh, this next feature, of course, is brought to you by the Lumberjack uh, Supps. Cheers to uh, to Matt for sponsoring this, uh, this part of the podcast. It's our favourite ever, and the mastermind behind this it's Mr. Steelwell. It's called Dub and Din of the Week. And you can still see we haven't got a jingle made, but that will do for now. Mr. Steelwell, over to you. generic jingle I know, here. I mean, me and Jeff, right? Jeff picked me up today because I'm on the beer. Not pissed, by the way. I only have one. It'll probably go to me in a minute. Me and Jeff have already guessed the Din of the Week, haven't we? We won't yeah. say what it is. Go for it. So, few contenders for this one. By the way, you two need to come up with a feature as well. Like, your own segment for the show. I, I think you two can come up I've with a snappy feature. Do you? Yeah. But what pathetic oh, drink have I gone yeah, for? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, Jeff needs a snappy feature for the show then. But few contenders for dinner of the week. Uh, one of them was one of our listeners, Matt, 
who inadvertently voted for a crew win on the poll we put out in yes. midweek. Yeah. <laughs> he got he got the home and away mixed up yeah. uh, and inadvertently voted for a crew home win. He owned up to it straight away, in fairness. So quite, there's quite a few contenders at dinner of the week this week, isn't there? Yes. I'm going uh, to throw myself in there for calling you a din for something you put on Twitter. Oh, yes. We'll get on to that, oh, actually. Okay. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> We'll go the County of Essex was a good contender for dinner of the week. Getting up to the game yesterday was a nightmare. Passing through Essex, there seemed to be a crash on every road. And then someone knocked, a, someone knocked a power line loose on the way home over the A12, which meant that emergency work had to be done to the power line, to which a police car pulled out in front of me, and I, I was apparently the head of the traffic. He straddled the two lanes of the A road and put out that please do not pass sign. So we stopped at the power line and I put out a picture on Twitter going, oh, we're in the mud here. Everyone thought I'd been pulled over by the police. Everyone's like, oh dear, three lads in jail. And I had to clarify, no, I hadn't actually been pulled over by the police. There was work going on. Um, I do take that as a sign that everyone would like to see me in jail though because everyone <laughs> seemed really excited by the idea that I'd been stopped by the old bill. If you look at some of the Twitter accounts, one of them was called Mrs. Stillwell. It must be Mrs. <laughs> uh, another good contender for dinner of the week was London because I fucking hate the M25. <laughs> People in London do not know how to drive. That is the worst motorway going. Oh my God, how many times... I, I'm going to put my hand up. When I first joined the army at 17, I learned to drive in London. <laughs> How many times have you been on the M25 and some idiot in a BMW? Sorry, Jeff, no offence. Has, un- has, under- has undercut you. Or under- oh, my yeah, God. But, or either that, you've got Van doing 55 in the fifth lane of the M25. I fucking hate yeah, that motorway. It's away. awful, isn't it? And you have to drive it to get to Ipswich. There's no way around it. Uh, no way, because it's around... Uh, uh, see, it's comedy gold on here. It really is. <laughs> Just a uh, while. <laughs> moving on for contenders of the week. I'm... Actually, I, do you know, for a while, I thought I might have been a good contender for dinner of the week. I did get into a bit of an altercation last week with a fan. He had a bad take about Liam, which I called out. But in frustration, I then told him to do something with his opinion that I shouldn't have. So I thought, eh, a bit of a dinny, dinny comment from me. I owned it. Yeah, it is what it is. I, you know, it was a bad take, but I went over the line with my response. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a dinny comment. But the dinner of the week by a mile is Ipswich <laughs> it's Ipswich by a mile yes we won Jeff we got it <laughs> and there are, re- there are s- several reasons for this by the way number one oh. my ticket for the game I bought a ticket in the most expensive block because I knew it was in the centre of the upper tier which meaning you're, you're in the s- pretty much in line with the centre of the pitch in the upper tier best view in the house really cost him two pheasants a pigeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chapman's uh, they They covered up my seat. <laughs> I arrive at the ground, they've covered up my seat in tarpaulin. And I've gone to the steward, you've covered up my seat. Now, I don't sit in my seat during games. Well, away games, anyway. And I've gone to the steward, you've covered up my seat. I've paid 30 bloody quid for that seat. And he's gone, I'll oh, just find somewhere else to sit. And I was like, there aren't all the seats. We sold every seat. That's the point of a sellout. You've sold every seat. And he goes, oh, well... We'll just stand there then. So so you're telling fans to sit down at football games, and then when a fan hasn't actually got a seat to sit, you're like, ah, get on with it. So there was that. Then <laughs> there was the Dominic Thompson incident with Danny Cowley. Uh, shoves Cowley in the back twice. Cameron Burgess intervenes, who, by the way, is famous for being 
Thompson's teammate. He shoves him in the back. Connor Chaplin, also famous for being a teammate of Thompson, comes over to call the situation. Thompson shoves him in the chest and starts beefing with him. Then the manager gets involved and Thompson starts joining with him. Just ridiculous. The, the, the guy's head loss was so extraordinary that he's beefing and joining Fair with play his to own Chaplin, teammates. by the way. Oh, Chaplin got straight in amongst yeah. it and Curtis for defending Cowley. Yeah. It got to the point that after the game, uh, Cowley and McKenna actually revealed that McKenna apologised to Cowley on behalf of Thompson, saying that Cowley handled the overreaction from Thompson pretty well. Instead of going back at Thompson, he, he pulled Curtis out of getting into trouble. And yeah, McKenna actually apologised to Cowley for it all, whereas Thompson's just jawing away. Then there was <laughs> another part. Ipswich went 1-0 up in, what was it, the 88th minute, something like that. Now, where my not seat was, I was about five yards from the home fans. And you know what it's like when you're within a couple of yards of the fans. You turn and give it the big un, uh, to the away fans. Everyone's up throwing wanker signs at me. Like, you just called me a wanker then, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> Everyone's like, wanker, you fat cunt. And, but I'm... I, and obviously, from where we are, the oh. linesman is down the right-hand side. So they've turned 180 degrees away to give the big in to us. And I've genuinely tried to be helpful. And I'm like, no, look at the linesman. The linesman's flagging for offside. You seriously need to stop celebrating. Your goal doesn't count. It's offside. I'm genuinely trying to be helpful. They're going, you fat It's like, yeah, but it's still nil-nil. <laughs> so while they're giving it the big, and I'm just looking at I'm doing a metaphorical sign, looking at my watch going, any second now, you'll realise it's not counted. They didn't look at, They didn't look back at me after that when they realised. Weirdly enough, they didn't give me the big one again. Uh, I think the embarrassment got them. That's not all, though, by the way. With about five minutes to go, we were indulging in some wonderful time wasting. Oh, it was delicious. Oh, oh the ball slippery. I dropped it when I was taking a throw. Ooh, it was delightfully shit. Connor Ogilvy was taking his time with a throw. And uh, an Ipswich fan had the ball in the stand. And Ogilvy was very slowly trudging over to the sideline. And the, the Ipswich fan is furiously gesturing, like, get over and take the ball. What does the Ipswich fan do in the end? He throws it way over Ogilvy's head to the other side of the pitch. I say, well, now you're wasting time. You could have given him the football and got on with it, but you've thrown it further away than it already was, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so this is my favourite one so far. <laughs> uh, do I have anything is else? There any more? Oh, yes, there's one more. Ipswich, after the game, outside Portman Road, where all the fans were intersecting, they were, sh- they were chanting... Boring, boring, Pompey. 500 passes, three shots on target. You weren't exactly Blue Brazil yourself, were you? Also, before that, we had 23 goals in eight games. You're the side that's conceded once in eight games. We're the side out out, out there scoring every week, and you're the one keeping clean sheets. If anything, oh, 23 goals in eight games have been fucking terrible football. I hate seeing the ball fly in the net every 12 minutes. It's really annoying. And then the other chant after that was... Blue Army! Yeah, Pompey also playing blue. If anything, you're promoting both our sides there. Fucking nightmare, the lot of them. I can just see it now. I can see it now. This podcast is obviously going to go out tonight on a Sunday. I'll give it an hour until the Ipswich Twitter go for it. Oh, these dickheads talking about this podcast. We live in rent free in his head. Just a tin pot club managed by PE teachers that came for a draw at Ipswich. Yeah, and we got one. Yesterday we came to do a job. We did the job. You came to do a job and you didn't do the job. It 
<laughs> you like to talk about us being crap and average, but ultimately, you couldn't be what you're calling a bunch of PE teachers. So yeah, what, what does that say about you? Fan base, aren't they? Yeah. They're, honestly, like I oh, said, I they're know, two points ahead of us and played two more there's games. There's worse out exactly. there. They're, you're they're, not that good. No, they're not. You're an average third tier club outside the playoffs. Exactly what we are. Always in Norwich's shadow. Moving on. Dinner of the week, Ipswich. Well done to you. Uh, <laughs> Dub of the week. I don't know. All oh, right. I've spent shit. so much time preparing my dinner of the week soliloquy that I've forgotten uh, to uh, dub of the week. I think you should go to George Hurst. He's had a tremendous week. Did he get it last week? He did get dub of the week last week. Ooh. Therefore, I ain't giving it him this week because you've got standards to set Hurst and you were bloody awful with that. Ips- no, uh, yeah, maybe, but... <sighs> I don't or know. Corner Ogilvy do you know what? Two delicious. Do you know what? Ogilvy's a good shout. I've got a dub of the week, and it's completely irrelevant to the game. You know, Peaches on Twitter, the girl that plays football. Um, she's she's oh, always oh yeah 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 yeah. She's um she's got some good news, and I just I just remember Danny Cowley retweeted it. We're going to go into Peaches, I think. Is that, is that right with you? Yeah. Uh, she's been accepted on the England talent pathway after the event she went to last week. She's a young, inspired, uh, inspiring footballer. That's great news. Oh, that, that, She's a that big poppy fan. Of, yeah. There you go. Peaches, you are our dub of the week. That's, I didn't see that, actually. That's, That's the great right news. Um, so, yeah, she's um, she's absolutely smashing it. She's a great little footballer. And I'm keep, keep, yeah, keep an eye out for her name because she is going places, that girl. She's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Danny Cowley's a big fan of hers as well. So, <clears throat> there you go. Peaches, you are dub of the week. Well done. Uh, congratulations to her she, she'd actually run circles point, around me now uh, worthy double of the week well, probably one of the worthiest that's a yeah, yeah. fair play to you Peaches um, well done at this point while we're on the miscellaneous of the podcast by the way I hope you haven't listened to this podcast because we use a lot of effing and blinding <laughs> so you shouldn't be listening <laughs> but we'll um, let her know there you go um, so that's dub and din of the week covered uh, plus a bit more rights uh, final couple of segments then on this week's episode um, we've, we've briefly spoken about how important they are <clears throat> the two games coming up first of all Plymouth away Jeff um, I mean Ryan said he won't be he won't change his mind on the on the on the playoff situation but how do you see Plymouth going personally before I come to you I think they'll do us I, I've got a stands a loss uh, although I did put a stands a loss a couple of weeks ago as Ryan said earlier on in the pod you know, we need to be beating these these sides in the playoffs and in and around us. So yeah, I, 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 1-0, I think we're going to lose. It will pain me because I bloody hate Plymouth. We, their we fan base is just as worse as Ipswich. We could get a draw, but I think we're going to lose 1-0. Yeah, tough place to go home, Park Ryan. We know it, we've been there. Plenty of times I, I can't bloody stand they the are, place. They are a good team. Green Army. Actually, just, just on that, you you've reminded me of something I wanted to mention. You've always hated Sunderland. Oh fuck me, yeah. However, I hate Oxford. You hate Oxford. <laughs> I know you hate Oxford. Who do you hate? I claimed at the start of the season that our thing with Sunderland would end this season and transfer to Ipswich. I think yesterday is vindicated the <laughs> Ipswich. We've now got a thing. I will with Ipswich. say, <laughs> Sunderland aren't as bad this season for some strange reason. But Christ, they are deluded. Their fan base. They just, they just, they just. I don't know. They just think they they deserve the world. I don't know what it is. Like you're fucking yeah, Sunderland. But it, it was you saying that you hated Plymouth. I was like, oh, I need to mention that. What's your bugbear? Like, what's your fan base that you can't stand? We've all got one, haven't we? 
Newport, Warsaw, Port Vale, Oxford, <laughs> Wickham, <laughs> Gillingham, Gillingham Southend. <laughs> I'll throw Cambridge in there from this season. Cambridge, Cambridge are a yellow Wickham. Oh my They're God. Cambridge Wanderers, really. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, it was just that you mentioned you hate Plymouth. Uh, I mean, come on. This, this, week, this week may end our season. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of... It's a big of, week, isn't it? It's a huge week. Now, again, I, I won't get on the playoff train, but for those people who are still believing we're in with a shot, you can't tell me that if we don't collect four points from six in the next two games, we're still in it. Yeah. By, um, by some external factors, meaning that every other side above us drops an absolute howler for the rest of the season, and we essentially fall into the playoffs by default, anything less than four out of six from Plymouth and Wickham and we're done and we can finally put to bed this this glimmer of hope that we currently have we have to walk through fire I think we've got in the region of two and a half weeks off after Wickham which probably gives this team a little bit of rest for one last dramatic push but that is still on the that's still on the assumption that we go to home park and we beat them now you can draw to Wickham but you've, you've got to beat Plymouth because they are the best. We don't have any games in hand on Plymouth. And we are seven points behind them. That's the team you've got to beat. What's your prediction for the for the week ahead? Do you know what? I, I reckon we draw both of them. I think we're so tough to beat at the minute with, with the general operation of that back line. That back line for me is one of the best in the division. Is is a question for you. You know, you said you won't be... You won't change your um, mind on the playoff situation if we beat Plymouth on Tuesday. What if we beat Plymouth and Wickham? <laughs> if we take uh, that noise alone, probably sells it. Yeah. If we take six points from the next two games, we automatically close the gap to Plymouth by three. That takes it to four. Now, while we're playing Wickham next Saturday, I'm just going to check that who. Because the interesting thing is, the other teams in the playoff are all on 38 games, whereas us and Plymouth are on 36. So there is a gap to close on the rest of them with the two games at hand. The problem is they're further ahead in the table. So while we're playing uh, Wickham next Saturday, you've got games going on in League One to the tune of uh, Plymouth playing Accrington. You'd expect them to win that Accrington on mid-table, but you'd expect Plymouth to wrap it up at home. You've got uh, MK Dons at Cambridge. I'm taking the Dons there. And Oxford are playing Ipswich. Now, that's a tasty affair. But ultimately, we've got to close the seven-point gap on Plymouth to four by Wednesday morning. Then, that gap might still remain four on Saturday, even if we beat Wickham. All of a sudden, if we don't beat Wickham and Plymouth beat Accrington, that's back to six. You know, you, you can beat Plymouth... And you can still only gain one point on them yeah. by Saturday. And that's this isn't me being harsh, saying, well, Pompey, you've got to prove that you you are better than every other side in the division right now because that's the run required to get into the playoffs. You've got to be that goddamn good to make up for how goddamn bad you were earlier in the season. It's not being me, me being harsh. You got yourselves into this hole. You've got to prove you can get yourself out of it. So it, it, it's a tough one where we can beat Plymouth, but by next Saturday, we're only one point closer. And that's on the basis that we draw with Wickham. We might lose. We could go back to seven points away, having beaten. To your point, Liam, of if we beat both, am I invested? I think I have to be. Cut that bit. Clip it. <laughs> I think I have to be. I would also 
because the other sides are on 38, 38 games already, Plymouth, the gap might stay at four. But there's a possibility with Oxford, for example, that I think Oxford are... I'll have to look at the table again one second. But there's a there's an element of closing the gap on the other sides that have played more games than us. That's where my interest would be peaked. No longer catching Plymouth, but catching the sides that have played 38 games. Oxford are currently on 68. So they're three points above Plymouth. They are 10 points above us. So again, with nine... Uh, what we eight games to go after Wickham if we could be four points off you're as relevant as it gets you're in the fight talk about bloody taking it to the wire eh that's what I said if we win both I might might have to buy in I might have to buy in Jeff's already thrown all his cards in he says playoffs but (laughs) even if it's four from six I'm still saying no but that's that's the standard. Yeah. If we put ourselves in a hole of our own making, and the hole is that deep that we quite literally have to be the best side in the division to pull ourselves out of it. I don't at, make the rules. At the moment, it's in our hands. Yeah, it's in our hands. You know, those two games. We play these two games in hand, and we don't get the results we need. It's out of our hands, and you're up in the lap of the gods. Then. Yeah. Let's look at the um, the reaction on Twitter. We we put a tweet out after the crew game and. And we sort of said, you know, where are you at, at now after that? Um, Pompey chimes 90. I think this is our year. Providing we keep the momentum injury-free, we'll make the playoffs at the expense of Oxford or Sunderland. One more window for Danny and we'll have our team. Something's brewing and I'm loving this so much. A lot of you saying the same sort of thing. Um, <coughs> Fenton Pompey, I think this is a little bit late. I think it's a little late, sorry, but you never know if you fit, uh, other results go our way and we keep winning anything can happen I'm just happy they scored before I left for work this morning he's talking about the crew game there um, so many above us have to play each other a lot I uh, hope our results fall our way and we maintain form and sneak in seeing how Ogilvy uh, how Ogilvy did feel when we hit Freeman and actual balance to him just to have I can't that doesn't make sense sorry I'm going to just scroll over that completely uh, <laughs> Paul Vinton, great win, although soft goal conceded. This is uh, referring to the crew game. It's still a big ask to get us to the playoffs, but we'll have, uh, if we can keep up this form, who knows? If we do get in the playoffs, I think we'll go up. Well, I hate to break it to you, Paul, like Ryan said earlier, we've never won a playoff game. <laughs> God, I hate that. I hate that stat so much. There get might, us in the playoffs, let us win the game. I don't there care might if we don't be go a worse, I hate that. There might be a worse playoff stat. As far as I... No, including the Leicester one in in the early nineties. They never played in winter. <laughs> That's true. Get Tom Naylor back. <laughs> if only we were like the Swedish league that could play in winter. That's Wigan out of that. We've never won a playoff game. <laughs> but worse than that, I don't think we've ever won a half of playoff football. I don't no. think we've ever ended a forty-five minutes of playoff football in the lead. Just give so we, me flashbacks in that bloody Oxford game. Why did you have to mention the playoffs? Because it, because obviously the, the second leg, Ellis Harrison and Alex Bass. Oh, oh uh, that's what I've just visualised. McGillivray, yeah, they combined for that stoppage time first half calamity. Yeah, was that so behind I don't think closed doors? We've ever won a half of playoff football. We were there behind closed doors. Yeah, oh, we used to be on the radio. Um. <laughs> they're, they're, do you know what? Early in the podcast. <laughs> The theme of the week was me saying the words poison chalice. It's, it's, that's how entirely solid off now. It's just Liam going, I used to be on the radio. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I'm taking the mic because you two say that I mention it all the time, and you I don't. Do. You no, do I mention don't. it all the Every time. Episode. Yeah, for even, a joke. In pu- even in public. <laughs> we're in staggeringly good. You were drinking your. 
piss grape cider. I was joking because <laughs> Jeff said to the people that were on the table, "Oh, it was just bait." Liam, Liam used to be on the radio, so yeah, I, kept... I said that because you keep saying it. <laughs> I get lost. Right, Lip, is it your Twitter? If any of our listeners are out there have listened to every episode, please send Liam the stats of him saying he used to be on the radio. <laughs> Welcome to one man in the pub. <laughs> Two lads in the pub and one guy that used to be on the radio. Oh, get lost. <laughs> um, right. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some more, uh, read some more out. Uh, Alex Hall says, professional job after the crew game. Uh, shame we conceded late on that the game had been won by then. Good squad rotation for Danny Cowley. Hurst confidence is growing and growing at the right time. If we can keep the players fit and get away from bands, I think we have a chance of robbing the sixth spot. I mean, the only player we need to keep away from getting a band is Ronan Curtis. And yet again, he's got a bloody booking on his first game back, second game back. Stop getting booked, Ronan! I mean, I love his passion, but he's got to stop getting booked. He's been banned twice this season for picking up. Yes, he had a five-game and a ten-game ban. (laughs) Or a a fifth booking and a tenth booking ban. What other's the record if he can get third? Um, But yeah, the general general feel around the place, people are starting to slowly believe. I think a lot of people are saying on on their ear as well, like like you said, it depends on the next three or four games. See how that goes. Then they might, you know, be drawn to... To agree that we, I'm just you know, gonna remain a miserable old cynic and say that it's not happening. Uh, well, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Are you sure this is not your account, uh, Pompey Hobgoblin? No <laughs> cigar, I'm afraid. <laughs> we have uh, remainly uh, Romainly play the teams above us. Not impossible, but not improbable. We'll get the uh, all the points. Plus, I booked New York City for the week after the season ends. Uh, so we can't do it as I might miss the home leg. <laughs> so, uh, Pompey, you can't go up because Pompey Goblin, Hobgoblin is going to New York the week after, so he can't do it. Um, Kelvin has said six. Uh, he's gonna, we're going to finish sixth place, like he said from the start of the season. Remind us what you said again, Jeff. You said eighth. Yeah. And you said about I said like ninth through twelfth yeah. is my general prediction. I said about halfway as well. Uh, Phil Heyman says we'll come up short. Uh, I don't know it says Chris I hope for the playoffs but we just uh, I'm enjoying the ride at the moment would be unusual for us to come up into form at the season ends normally drops off does it remember League 2 remember League 2 Chris eh? don't mind you about that um, yeah generally people are, are happy next three games are the deciders says Mitchell uh, outside chance next three games are so big says David Jenner and that is a general feel around the place but um, so quickly, I'll come. To, I've asked you, Ryan. Uh, no, I haven't. Um, score well, predictions for the next two. Jeff, I've asked you. Yeah, we've done this. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask you again. Just remind us. To, that was it. To Plymouth. Yeah. Um, and I think if the fans are at it against Wickham, and the team are at it against Wickham, we may just sneak a win. Yep. And Ryan, I think we draw both. Draw both. <sighs> draw at Plymouth. I think we'll beat Wickham. That's my prediction. Remember for next Saturday, gentlemen, to wear your nicest low-button shirt in honour of Gareth Ainsworth. Because <laughs> he always likes to have the, the flared collar up, his shirt's unbuttoned down halfway. I might grow Just my hair Just remember out. to leave your hair, like, flowing in the wind. Yeah, leather uh, jacket. Preferably a cheap knockoff necklace from a shop in Hawaii as well. Out, then go out and get smashed after in the nightclub. Yeah. He likes doing that as well. Yeah, so everyone, it's uh, it's tits out Saturday next Saturday. And that, that includes the blokes. And also, we'll do the podcast an hour later because of all the time wasting. Yes. All right. But actually, it'll be a four-minute podcast from all the time wasting. <laughs> uh, right, lads. Pleasure as always. I think we're, uh, we're 
What was that? Oh, I, just, <laughs> I saw an amazing shot. I know, the, that's why I was looking at it. I like, saw an amazing shot of the golf just then. That was absolutely. The water, hit the pin and it's gone straight yeah, in. It hits the flag and gone straight in. Oh, that was. Oh, that stirred my loins right up. <laughs> Well, that's, anyway. the, that's the podcast name, Hole in One. Uh, <laughs> well, it wasn't a hole in one, because well, it was his second shot, I think. But good, still good anyway. But lads, uh, as ever, pleasure. And we'll see you after another busy week. Uh, where are we, Jeff, quickly, before we go? Uh, back at the British Green next week. British Green next week. Good to be there. And we've got some more new pubs coming up as well. And just a quick advertisement before we run. If there's any pub landlords out there, any managers that you want us to come and visit you, please send us a message. We will come and see you. Uh, we record on a Sunday uh, and just let us know when you want us to come down if we can fit you in we will big shout out to the guys at the Shepherd's Crook as ever for having us uh, today and we will see you for the next episode of Three Lads in the Pub Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.